Diversity Deep Dive Podcast. Inequities and missed opportunities for diversity and inclusion. Established almost 20 years ago, Diversity Inc. continues to be the gold standard for companies who want to be recognized for their DNI efforts. As a trailblazer in diversity and media and analytics, Diversity Inc. has earned the reputation as a credible source for rating premium companies on their diversity and inclusion management programs. Diversity Inc. deploys a rigorous, objective, step-by-step, empirically-driven evaluation to globally recognized corporations each year, with over 1,800 corporations participating last year. A recent survey demonstrates that many of the employers on the list consistently outperform the Dow Jones Industrial Average in many instances year over year. Welcome to the Diversity Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Audra Jenkins, joined by a member of my Ron Side Equality Diversity and Inclusion crew, Floss Agri. Today, we'll be speaking with Carolyn Johnson, CEO for Diversity, Inc. She will share helpful insights around diversity and inclusion, benefits of making the Diversity, Inc.'s list of top 50 employers committed to making their organization more diverse and inclusive. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you very much for having me, Audra. We're so excited to speak with you today and hear more about some of the phenomenal things Diversity, Inc. is doing right now and what employers should be doing to impact diversity and inclusion in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. So our first question for you, Carolyn, you partner with hundreds of employers with robust diversity programs in place today. What would you consider the three most overlooked or underdeveloped areas for organizations aspiring to be more diverse and inclusive? Hmm. Well, there are many that I could go over, but as you asked, I'll start with three. (laughs) I think we probably need to start with analytics, right? The appetite to be measured and the willingness to be transparent and the intentionality to approach the work. Second, I would say, I don't think leaders give themselves enough credit around the power that they bring to organizational change. And then last, I would say employee development programs. They're underfunded and they're also not widely available to the entire workforce. So those are some of the areas that I would say are underutilized by some corporations looking at diversity and inclusion. Absolutely. I know that, you know, when you look at diversity and how people see that from a developmental perspective, you know, are they really measuring the diverse talent that goes through some of the leadership development programs, for example? Mm -hmm. You know, those are some areas I know that a lot of companies are looking at today. So Mm -hmm. absolutely right on with that one, Carolyn. Mm -hmm. Okay, so based on your experience, let's switch gears a little bit. Engaging diversity allies. Why do you consider engaging non-diverse allies so important? You know, what are some tips that you would give another diversity practitioner working to cultivate that type of relationship within their organization? It's important to engage allies because power cannot be taken. It must be transferred. And in order for us to bring about the change we want, you don't want people to be seeking that power back. You want it to be given. And so if we look at, you know, leadership of corporations, whether we're talking about the board of directors, if you talk about African-American, Latino, Asian women, you know, folks that are in that underrepresented category, for the Fortune 500 in 2018, women, 22% were on the board of directors for the Fortune 500. But if you look at the diversity top 10, 34% women. So leaders in places that have power, we have to have relationships with them so that we can have that power transferred to us. So that's the first thing. And then second, I would say that in order to be the best leader, you have to understand the challenges that people you are working for, they deal with. And the only way you can do that is to be an ally. So those relationships are extremely important. Allies have to transfer power. Those getting the power have to be honest and forthright with the challenges that they're dealing with. I love that. Transfer of power. When people think about allies, they think about someone just standing with them, supporting them. But I love that from power position. That's yeah. that's a phenomenal way to look at allies. I love that. Yeah. And we need everybody at the table, right, Carolyn? Absolutely. To make it happen for Absolutely. diversity and inclusion. 
So, Carolyn, I'm really excited about your recent appointment, of course, for, as the CEO. We definitely need more of that from a gender diversity standpoint. Mm-hmm. But what have you seen companies do just working in your space, all the companies that you work with, the CEOs and people that you meet with daily? Mm-hmm. What have you seen them do to successfully lay the foundation for more gender diverse leaders like yourself at the senior executive level? Well, in the spirit, again, of talking about transference of power, I look at sponsorship as one of those transfers, right? And when we talk about gender diversity, Johnson & Johnson, they were number one last year on our top 50 list. They ascended to the Hall of Fame this year. But when they talk about some of the most effective programs, sponsorship, specifically making sure that women are given the opportunities to lead as they've earned, as they've gone to school for, as they put the time in, the hours in, sponsorship seems to be one of the most effective ways. Mentoring is something that eventually morphs into sponsorship for companies who really understand how to develop their people. So I would start with sponsorship as an area where companies could really focus. But again, you have to measure to even understand what the opportunities are. So the foundation of all of this is analytics, measurement, and transparency. So it's not enough to measure and then hide. You have to measure and then be honest about where you are and be willing to put in the work, be intentional. Perfect. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So, of course, at Ronstadt, we're proud to have earned a spot on Diversity, Inc. top list in 2019. So Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We're so excited about that. It's part of our ever-evolving diversity journey, like a number of companies right now. But from your perspective, if we talk about an organization that's considered fully inclusive, if that's such a thing. Mm. What does that look like from where you sit? So if the folks responsible for DNI at the senior levels of the Hall of Fame companies were in here with me right now, they would say that even they haven't gotten it right. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had an answer as to what yeah. that looks like. But on the path to getting there, ever evolving, you have organizations like Ronstad who in your space, you were the first staffing firm, mm-hmm. executive search firm to actually take on the challenge of completing mm-hmm. the survey. Mm-hmm. You understood that the space that your customers in are the space that you also have to be in. And you weren't worried about people seeing the inside because you were already doing the work. So I think from an evolution perspective, I think understanding where your customers are and what's important to them and being willing to show up there, understanding that you have to constantly be doing the work because your workforce deserves that. And I think just being willing to stay on the journey and not back up because of who's in the White House Mm -hmm. or because there's a new leader. Mm -hmm. The journey has to have this built into the culture of the organization. Mm -hmm. And I, I think those are the things that are really important. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that. So my next question is around DNI as well. So for those that are maybe listening, maybe they aren't as familiar with Diversity Inc. and the top 50 list that mm-hmm. is, what do you feel that being on this list actually communicates to that high demand top talent mm-hmm. out there, diverse talent? Well, I would say that the companies that leverage their ranking on the list, I would say EY when we think about Hall of Fame companies, EY does a phenomenal job. Shout out to Karen Tuar Knight, their (laughs) global inclusion officer. But they do a phenomenal job of making sure that for potential talent as well as existing talent, they communicate to them what goes into completing the survey. Mm -hmm. They communicate to them the other blue chip companies that are on the list. Mm -hmm. So if you think about number one this year, AT&T, Randall Stevenson, CEO, showed up at the event, had a fireside chat on the stage with me. I actually was enjoying, was looking more forward to that than I was talking to Trevor Noah, because I'm like, he's my like my like forever CEO. That's my dude. He will be always. And he didn't pay me to say that. But then I think about other companies like ADP. I think you have they have to make sure that they understand who 
else is on the list. Mm -hmm. They have to make sure they understand what goes into the list, what we're measuring. So it's not just workforce representation, but we're looking at where people fall throughout the organization. Are women represented at the top, in the middle, throughout? Mm -hmm. Are people with disabilities showing up at work? Are they comfortable identifying that status? Indicators of trust, we look at supplier diversity, we look at talent programs, and new this year, we're also looking at philanthropy. We asked those questions in years past, but now it's actually part of the waiting because there are correlations between how leaders show up from a philanthropic perspective and how they treat their workforce. And so this year and years past, EY has done a phenomenal job, but making sure people understand what goes into the survey, understand who else is competing, I think that helps with communicating what the list is really about. And Audra, I was having this conversation with you in May, my goddaughters graduated from Howard. Their parents are phenomenal. They need to write a book about getting two women through college without, you know, with minimal debt, right? Mm-hmm. But I attended the graduation. So 2,000 undergraduate degrees, almost 400 graduate degrees. And my goddaughters, my nieces, they understand how to pick a company. They've had somebody coaching them, walking them through the process, even, you know, picking the right school. Like they've had somebody by their side. But what about those other students who just graduated, who do not have that coach, do not have somebody walking them through that? This list communicates to them where to go work. And so that's extremely important. So Diversity Inc. is making that connection. We're talking to the employers how to manage their brand, how to show up as a good corporate citizen, as a good employer. But now we're talking to the other side of this is where you go to work. This is what matters. These are the companies that will help you develop as you, you know, advance your career. So we're making those connections, and that's what this list communicates. Wow, absolutely. I know that's definitely important for diverse candidates, mm-hmm. and definitely um, there are all kinds of surveys out there that discuss how important this is mm-hmm. to millennials who are looking at companies that they want to mm-hmm. go work for. So thank yeah. you for that. And the leadership accountability piece is extremely important to millennials. You know, salary aside, mm-hmm. they're very interested in two things in particular. So one, where leaders stand on certain issues like civil rights, Mm. you know, the four congresswomen that were just attacked by our president, you know, and being told to go back to their countries. Millennials want to know that their leaders know this stuff is going on and they want to know where they stand. There is no gray. Mm -hmm. It's black and white. So Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. And then second, again, are you supporting the communities in which you do business? Millennials really want to know what is your philanthropic efforts look like? And are you supporting everybody in the workforce? So just because I'm a young black woman, it doesn't mean that I don't care how Latinos are being treated or how young white people are being treated. It's a serious like community spirit about millennials. So that leadership accountability and how they feel about a company, those two go hand in hand. Thank you for sharing that. And we've spoken about the evolution of DNI quite a bit in the midst of this discussion. How does Diversity Inc. continue to reshape certain discussions around culture hmm. and inclusion? I think there are a number of ways that we do that, but basically leadership lessons in mm-hmm. what's happening every day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I know some of the content that on that's on diversityinc.com is uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable for your employees, right? And so as an effective leader, you need to know what's going on in the in the world and how it's impacting your people, which impacts productivity, which impacts innovation. Like before we started, we were talking about, can't say the company, but a CEO who holds his people accountable by making sure that they stay in the know as to what's going on. And he'll do that by, during meetings, ask them to take the opposing position on an issue in the media. So let's say it's about um, Me Too, right? He'll have one of the senior men basically speak uh, speak to why they should be supporting 
the Me Too of other men and they'll have a woman speak against it to make sure that they understand the views of all of their people. I think that that's how we do that. We make sure that we're talking about what's happening, but then we're helping leaders understand what lessons are kind of trinkled through there. So I can talk all day about, you know, the horrible things that leaders say, right? That's easy. That's easy editorial. But to kind of bring those connections together from a leadership perspective, that's one of the ways that we keep a spotlight on culture and inclusion at these companies. Thank you for that, Carolyn. I think that's you know very insightful, very poignant point about leadership accountability. Mm-hmm. When you think about leadership, I think about what is exemplifies a great leader hmm. besides the accountability. Can you kind of help us with a, a couple of points of what you think when you look up some of the leaders, like the CEOs that you're connected with? Mm-hmm. You know, what characteristics do they have that besides the conversation piece? But I don't, I don't think it's just the conversation. They also have the qualities of great leadership mm-hmm. inside of them. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking at the Diversity Inc. Top 50, I will start with the CEOs who show up, right? So I think a willingness to be in the room, listening to what the challenges of the day are and being willing to roll up your sleeves and and tackle them, I think that's one characteristic. As I had mentioned earlier, Randall Stevenson, CEO of AT&T, they were ranked number one this year. He has made plenty of statements around the importance of caring for your workforce, understanding what they're going through. So also being willing to speak up, right? So no matter what your board is saying, no matter what may be coming out of the White House, you're willing to speak up on certain issues. And that's really a function of taking care of your people. Being well-researched, making sure that you understand what you're talking about, making sure that you have the numbers, that you're paying attention to the numbers, and that you were really interested in an inclusive workforce. So when you walk in a room, you're not okay just seeing men at the table. When you walk in a room, you don't just have men as customers. So making sure that your workforce, making sure the people around the table are representative of your customer base, are representative mm-hmm. of our population. And one final you know, remark about what an effective leader looks like, I think one that is thinking about succession planning regularly is also important. You know, we'd all love to live forever and stay, <laughs> stay be number one forever, but making sure that there is diversity in your succession plan is also important. So these are things that they're juggling constantly. And you can't address everything. Like every time something happens, you can't address it, but you can make sure that you're empowering other leaders to be able to address those things too. So I think those are some of the characteristics of an effective leader in this space. I love that. You know, one of the things for my own team, you know, not because I'm in a diversity space, but mm-hmm. in any space, mm-hmm. you know, I just ask them to own their jobs. Because mm-hmm. when you own your job, you're, yeah. you have that entrepreneurship, yeah. you know, attitude about it, then you're going to take care of the things that need to be taken care of. And you're going right. to take care of your employees. Mm-hmm. You're going to make sure that everybody rises and everybody's elevated mm-hmm. and developed. And I think that's, you know, another great characteristic of, of strong leaders is making sure that, you know, everybody is empowered mm-hmm. as well as have the opportunities and they you're bringing them to them as a leadership mm-hmm. team. So one of the things I think that, you know, we talked about, you know, the millennial talent a little bit. We talked about some of the things that, you know, what talent's looking for. You know, we're constantly looking at talent trends as an organization being, you know, in the business of talent. Yes. Talent and human capital. We really do want to make sure that we are sharing the same journey that our customers are on, sharing the same journey that our talent is dealing with, mm-hmm. because that's how we're in business. Sure. You know, we're in the business of putting people to work. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you have to make sure that you're also looking at the right partner, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the companies that we do business with are on the Diversity Inc. Top 50 list. Absolutely. You know, many of our large strategic accounts are part of the Diversity Inc. Top 50, many of them in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why, as part of my own strategic plan for DNI for Ronstadt, was to make sure that 
we made the attempt and submitted the surveys Mm -hmm. because I wanted a baseline of where we were. Mm -hmm. You know, as you know, Carolyn, I was appointed beginning of, of 2018, end of 2017, and it was a whole cultural change that had to take place, you know, having conversations and having leaders that were bought in on Mm -hmm. diversity inclusion meant a lot. Right. You know, one of the things that was important to me was making sure that I reported into the CEOs Mm -hmm. because I felt like that's the level that gets the attention Mm -hmm. of all leaders in the organization. Absolutely. I've worked in HR for many years and diversity has been one part of my job, but Mm -hmm. one part of many hats. So how much attention could you give that? You're going to give your attention to the squeaky wheel, not necessarily to think that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have teams that are dedicated and their job is diversity and inclusion, Mm -hmm. I think that makes a difference as well. And many of the your people on your top 50 list have dedicated departments, dedicated teams, dedicated plans and strategies in place Mm -hmm. to help them to move forward from diversity and inclusion. Right. perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and the organizations that are top of our list, they are also positioned to succeed, right? Yes. And I think that's extremely that. important. There's a lot of talk about CDOs who are empowered to succeed and CDOs who are set up to fail. You have to have that connection to leadership. Some of the questions that we ask on the survey, how often is your person responsible for diversity in front of your board directors? How often are they, pre- are they presenting? And so diversity and inclusion just can't be the award that you go to the great dinner at Cipriani, it has to be something that leaders are thinking about on a regular basis. Yeah. And leaders have to be trying to figure out not what you can do for them always, but how they can support you. Because by supporting you, that means the organization is going to be supported. Everybody in the organization is going to be supported. That's the inclusion piece of it, right? That it's yes. about everybody, it not is. just about the talent that you couldn't get. <laughs> no, it's about exactly. everybody. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, Carolyn, this is more of a personal question, but Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope for your children to gain from the impact of your work at Diversity Inc.? You've got many years under your belt, mm. a lot of long nights, a lot of conversations, tough conversations with that. Mm-hmm. But what vision do you have for them for the future? You know, that's got to be your motivational factor. I mean, that's my motivation for me as my children. I'm mm-hmm. sure that is for you as well. Yeah. You know, what vision do you want for them? So I have a six-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. Last week, I was on the Karen Hunter show. Karen Hunter is on SiriusXM. People know her as an author, but they don't know that she was one of the people that was key in having Confederate flags taken down in certain southern states. In three days, she got 500,000 signatures on a petition, right? That's the civil activist in her that we don't often hear about. We just hear about her writing books and things like that. And so when I was on her show, we were talking about Disney having a young African-American woman play Ariel. I was in the fourth grade when The Little Mermaid came out. And I remembered how much I loved that movie. I mean, look, I had the mermaid tail, like, <laughs> like stayed at <laughs> a Disney store. Exactly. We all did. Right. Aww. And one of the things that I think is important here is that my children see how beautiful they are in everything they do. So to have a young African-American girl playing Ariel when I thought she was one of the most beautiful characters, to see myself as beautiful that way, that's what I want my kids to have. To see themselves wherever they think goodness is, to see themselves in Mm -hmm. wherever they think they want to end up and not have to code shift and code switch Mm -hmm. and be these very different people. I want them to have a very different experience than I've had. And I'm talking about it now. Our edit team had a conversation the other day about code switching. 
And I was explaining to them, look, dude, just because I work at Diversity Inc. doesn't mean when I come into these companies, I don't have to do something different or fit in there to get my point across, to get the work going. And I want my kids to just be able to have the choice to see themselves as beautiful and capable in everything they do. And that's it's not just for my kids. It's what I want to see for anybody who chooses to go to work every day. Because when you see yourself as beautiful, you're confident and you're capable of so much more instead of constantly second guessing and worrying and am I good enough? And all the things that through studies we see, unfortunately, impact women of color more than any other groups. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I want for all young people, for everybody, that they just they can show up as their authentic selves, see themselves anywhere doing anything that they want to and know they'll be good at it. And the color of their skin, their gender is not a determining factor. Ambition, desire to win, those are the things that would matter. I love that. That is so deep and powerful. Oh, my gosh, Carolyn. I got chills when you said that. Don't cry. I won't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I won't cry. I will not cry. I promise not to cry. I just think that as a parent, you know, these are the conversations you you don't want to have to have with your children. You don't want to have to tell them that they're different any mm -hmm. kind of way. You wanted to say that they're special. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I have many conversations with my kids about, you know, they have a very diverse group of friends. Mm -hmm. And I love that about them. Mm -hmm. You know, we just did a, um, a sleepover recently, and one of the parents commented on that. I was like, wow, you know, you have such a diverse group of kids here. I'm so impressed with that. And I said, well, I'm a diversity practitioner, so <laughs> I hope I'm raising culturally competent <laughs> children. So I, I think that's just something that's really powerful and impactful. And I, I, I hope that we're the work that we all are doing is making a difference, the impact on society in, yeah. a, in a positive way. All right, Carolyn. So I guess to wrap this up, any last piece of advice you want to give out to any diversity practitioners out there and, and why they should be connected with Diversity Inc.? I would just like to say that, you know, when we talk about surveys, when we talk about measuring, I think this is everybody's responsibility. It's not just the chief diversity officers or the CEOs. This is a tough lift, a heavy lift for everybody. And so, you know, that top-down approach is important. So when you think about where we're going with the survey, right, we weren't asking questions about ESG in previous years. So when you're talking about, like, governance, it's environment governance and, and, um, and societal impact. But we are really making sure that everybody in the organization is taking this seriously. So even looking at the board of directors, it's not just enough anymore to have women on your board or Black people or Latinos. What committees are they on, right? How are you empowering them to make change in the organization? Or are they just there because Diversity Inc. is watching, right? So this is everybody's responsibility it's not just about those who are oppressed. It's about everybody. And it's everybody's job to make sure that workplaces are better, more diverse. Because what's the numbers, Audra? More, <laughs> more diversity <laughs> equals more innovation. That's right. More, return more innovation, on more return <laughs> exactly. on investment, better revenues, all of that. Exactly. You know, we, we're elevated through diversity. And exactly. I think that we are now global citizens and we're going to operate in a global marketplace. And it's really critical that yeah. we are reflective of our global customers mm -hmm. as well as, you know, anyone that we want to utilize as our talent, you know, yeah. in, in human capital. So yeah. so thank you so much, Carolyn. I really appreciate This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you, Floss, from my Ready Crew. I also want to give a big thank you to our listeners. We certainly appreciate your support. Real diversity happens when everyone is actively engaged, working together for positive change. Let's keep the conversation going. Please Please download more episodes of the Diversity Deep Dive podcast. Until next time, go out and make a positive difference in your organization or community. Okay.